All right, we're going to continue bringing in the starring cast of The Homeless Millionaire. Today, we have the star of episode seven hanging out with us, Ashley Kisner. I'm going to bring her in and we're going to have some fun with this one. I know inquiring minds want to know. Without further ado, here we go. All right, Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm good, you know, just uh, getting ready for whatever this entails. (laughs) (laughs) Are you a little nervous? Yes, very much. (laughs) It's been a long time since we've divulged all of these details, so I'm, I'm ready for it. All right, well, let's just, let's go over a few different aspects of, of what happened. My, the first question that I asked Zach was, what was your favorite part of The Homeless Millionaire? When you were listening to the story, I mean, this is, I mean, this is realistically, it's not my story, it's our story. So when you're listening to the story, what what was your favorite, because I, I let everyone know about that one time when, uh, I think it was the, the house when I was standing in the poo water or something, <laughs> and you called me and you were like, I want to know what happens. And I'm like... <laughs> You were there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what was your favorite part when you were kind of going back through the last few years of our life? What was the one that stuck out to you the most when you were like, oh, my God? Well, I mean, obviously, episode seven has its uh, claim to fame in my brain. Um, but I try and not think that. <laughs> Please don't choke. I try and not think back on uh, on that too often just because we're kind of in a much different place now. But honestly, the most um, impactful podcast for me had to be when we were homeless all as a team. Um, and I mean, a lot of these podcasts I actually listened to with Zach in the car and we were all kind of reliving everything back in our own brain and just realizing, yeah, we went through that. And oh my God, what, how did we, how, what, when, I don't know. So there was a lot of moments just listening through uh, 2016, 2017. And I mean, obviously I was there before that for a lot of the other things that happened, but those were the times when we were all in it together as a team and none of us could really even comprehend what was happening. We just knew we had to make it through. And now that we're actually rehashing everything that happened and realizing what we went through, it's pretty incredible. So we're, uh, we're really proud of how far if we've come. If you had to pick one moment <laughs> when we, when you were, when you were reliving it and you were going through it, what was that one moment where you were like, is there a moment where you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe you said that. Or is it, Oh my God, I can't believe we did that. Or just what what was your one moment like reliving our story? I mean, God, I wish I'd prepared for this. <laughs> I mean, the one that comes to mind is the microburst that happened in the building in DTC. I was there for that. I have the videos on my phone of blue flames coming off of the electric cord, or I'm going to stop pretending like I know what that's called. Um, but whatever was the coming, power the power lines, <laughs> I literally had the videos on my phone of blue flames coming off of that and us literally having this, this feeling of like, did our lives just end? Like, what is going on? And it was it was literally right when we were about to get evicted. We had no idea what was going on. And it was like this act of God happened. And that was like one of the biggest times that an act of God happened. And then there was another act of God. And then there was another act of God. And we were like, okay, this God guy's pretty cool. We should probably stick with him. So <laughs> God kind of has our back. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think the very first one was obviously when the microburst happened. But everything from, from then forward, I mean, it was like, 
like sleeping in the studio and trying to figure out what we were going to do for, you know, sleeping the next night and what was going to happen just with us trying to manage a company and manage our own lives at the same time of moving everything to Boulder. It was just insane. And I can't, I mean, the, I, the there's so many moments. The biggest one that stands out to me is the microburst because that's when it kind of all started. Yeah. Um, but it, it was insane. Let's talk about you and Zach for a second. <laughs> Because he, sure. <laughs> he he admitted that he was not the biggest fan of you when he first met you. It's okay. I wasn't either. <laughs> you weren't a fan of him or a fan of you? Not of me. I uh, I look back and I'm still not a fan. So, <laughs> so when, when did things start changing for you? When were you like, hmm, <sighs> okay. how heavy is that hammer? So... <laughs> Okay, so really quick, um, he and I have spoken about this. I actually had a little bit of a thing for Zach when I first met him. Um, cause he, really? I didn't know this. We've talked about this. So, How come no one told me? <laughs> well, we had to figure it out. I mean, he and I have talked about, like, why do we like each other, obviously. Um, so I... I initially started falling for it's him. It's the hair. It's it was okay. It no, was kind of no, the hair. It's, it's because <laughs> you could put your hair on his head and his ha- hair on your head, and no one would tell the difference. No, it was just <laughs> it was a nice texture. No, I'm just kidding. So, I I did have a thing for him when he initially tried out for the band, which at that time wasn't even called Last Minute. I think we were still KMG players. And you um, looked at him, and you were like. Oh, damn. <laughs> well, I've actually since a long, like, I want to say high school, I've had a thing for guys with long hair, and I know that sounds weird. Um, but it's kind of like this rocker, like, can't figure him out vibe, and that's what I got from Zach, and I had a thing for him. And I, at that time in my life, was so confused about just life in general. I was like, there's no way that anything's like that's going to happen, and then, you know, shiny things happen, and I got distracted, whatever. So I just... <laughs> I had a thing for him and totally did not think that he would ever have a thing for me. So I kind of just squashed those feelings. And uh, (laughs) technically, it was years ago. (sighs) Then a lot of other things happened that shall not be named at this moment. Um, I became a different person. He had to go through all of that, started hating me. It was a very interesting relationship before the relationship that we have now. He will tell you that he first started liking me at our Halloween show at Herman's Hideaway when I dressed up as Ronda Rousey and we performed a gig. And he looked at you and was like, oh, damn. And I did, oh, damn. And I just want to point out, at this show, he invited two other girls that he was, like, making out with the entire time. But apparently the whole time he's like, mm, Ronda. Like, a what? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but that's what he will tell you was the first time. And I still am not entirely sure how any of that worked out because these other chicks are like hanging all over him, but whatever. So Yeah, but you noticed. I, I did notice. I did notice. But at that time, it was still pretty fresh off of my whole phase of obviously episode seven. So it was an interesting time for really all of us. Um, but it's uh, it's come a long way since then. Um, we've been together over two years now. And I just... I honestly can't think of another person that I would possibly want to have any of the things that I'm looking forward to having with him now. And it's so amazing to me that that even would have worked out because for a long time, we we never thought anything like that would happen with us. We never, you know, it never would have made sense. Nothing, nothing in that was 
you know, supposed to be called out the way that it was. And I really do love him. So I oh. feel like I, <laughs> I feel like I found a good did one. You, I'll did tell you, you notice, that. Did you notice how her, her voice changed? Cause she's like talking and she's all bubbly and I really do love him. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Okay, well, we'll stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Well, it's official. She loves him. It's official. Um, all right. So let's talk about uh what was what was one of the, the craziest things about the house? When we got the house, what was I I know everyone's gonna mention water, but like a specific thing that happened when you were like WTF, what what is going on? Okay, if we're not mentioning water, because yes, water. Oh my God, <laughs> everywhere. It was like, I think that's really when when our team really started coming together in all of this, because we would all be stationed in, in you know different sides of the house and wait for somebody to scream if they heard water running. It was insane. Like, we'd, it was like, I think it was like two or three weeks of us like literally trying to hear where we would hear water in the walls and just smash a hole in it and see if we could stop it. Like, that's literally <laughs> how it happened. It's so true. But aside from water, um, I mean, we got this house pretty close to like literally like right after my birthday. So, I mean, and it was my 21st birthday that I that we were technically homeless and we got the house like a week after or a few days after or something like that. And I think it was when we walked into the house and we were like, oh, my God, this is so so amazing. This is so gorgeous. We can't believe we have this house. Oh, my God, it's freezing and it's in November and we don't know what we're going to do. Really, the biggest moment for me was all of us huddled together in the master bedroom with space heaters all around, trying to plug them into different outlets so that they didn't have a short or have a break a circuit or whatever. Again, I'm not going to pretend to know what that means. <laughs> um, but we were all huddled together watching Harry Potter as a team, just trying to make it through. And now we have the house that we have now. Now we have the team we have now. And we look back on those moments and like, that was a picture. All of yeah. us just cuddled together. Zach and I still finding out our relationship. <laughs> like, I know that was that was that was what like a month after you yeah, guys were together. We got together on November fifteenth. My birthday was the seventeenth, uh -huh. and then we got in the house on like the twenty fifth or something. <laughs> so, so it was crazy. all very new and uh, like through the entire house thing. I was still learning how to like have this relationship with this person I've known for like two years. <laughs> it was like it was all a blur. Well, at this I mean, point. at least you've had a, a lot of experience in the boyfriend oh, department. So much experience. Every single day brings a new challenge for me because I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to say when you know this <laughs> random thing happens, and apparently everybody else knows how to deal with it. But at least I have a cool guy I get to try it all out on. <laughs> well, that's true. I will say uh, I told Zach this as well. One of my favorite things through our story is getting to watch you guys blossom into the relationship that you guys are now. It's Thank you. it's so it's just so pretty and amazing and just incredible to watch you guys and you guys cuz I I think you've definitely softened him up a little bit. Just saying. I think so too. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. He's uh he's still Thor, but he's my Thor. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about us starting this crazy school. Oh my god. <laughs> What what was the most what's the most challenging part of the school for you? Oh god. I mean, first of all, school equals paperwork, so oh my god. Um I mean, if any, anybody wants if anybody like super loves paperwork, please go start a school. Um <laughs> but I think the most interesting part for me, I mean, 
it really is super rewarding. I can't even I can't even explain to you because like that's why everybody talks about how one of the hum- most humbling jobs or most rewarding you know experiences in a job they'll get is becoming a teacher. And I ne- I know I'm not a teacher by any means, but starting the school really meant bringing on students that all became one of our own. They all felt like our own kin. They felt like our own children because, you know, they invested in us in an opportunity to grow their career and we need to do right by that. Mm -hmm. So they become one of our own. And every little thing that they're going through personally, you know, somebody's attacking them or they're going through something with their their life or their bills or their family is like, it's we treat it as our own because they're one of our kids, you know? And so, I mean, we had to kind of break that off a little bit because we started growing and growing and growing and I can't keep up, you know, keeping up with my own child when there's 200 of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, our very first group of kids and even to this day, I mean, every kid that we have is such a blessing for us. And I mean, trying to keep up with all of, you know, their personal lives and their problems and all of the things that they want to achieve in their and their goals and all of these things that, you know, we're res- essentially responsible for is the biggest part of all of that because they're expecting us to follow through and we need to do that and they need to do that on their end too and we need to show them why that's important. Well, just, just to clarify, you absolutely are a teacher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I try a you, little. <laughs> no, you teach people every single day. I watch how you lead. I mean, it's not often that you get to watch a a young adult woman be a leader of men, and <laughs> she truly is. She's probably the only person that all of all of my employees are actually one hundred percent scared of. It's okay. <laughs> I pay them under the table, so it's good. <laughs> Um, I just I, I try and at least whenever I have those small moments with the kids or with employees or anything like that. Um, I mean, even if it's in, in the craziness of the day, it's my job to continue motivating and inspiring them, even if they didn't have the best class or they didn't have, you know, the best day or, you know, their job's really hitting them hard or whatever's going on. I am like a mom to a lot of them and they come in and, and expect a smiling face and I got to give that to them. And so yeah. it's just trying to make sure that the experience <clears throat> is always there no matter what, even if something went wrong or, you know, God knows what happened in their lives or whatever's going on. Like we have to be the rock for them. And that's what I try and do as much as I can. Then life hits me too and it doesn't go <laughs> so well, but I do my best. So so let's talk about the, you being, you being, realistically realistically violently shoved into a leadership <laughs> role how how has that been how have you been coping with that i mean it, it truly is a blessing that i've even had people believe in me to have to get to take something like that on because i guarantee you anybody that had seen me years ago or had seen what i had to offer the had to offer the world wouldn't have believed in me nearly as much as you have or as kmg has and i've been blessed with a position like this that i have to grow into um, but honestly, the biggest thing that I ever had to go through was the phase that you guys all heard about was okay, in so let's, phase let's seven. Okay, so let's talk about that. <laughs> <clears throat> let's talk about it. So, I, I mean, we don't need to get into any specifics or anything. What I kind of want to talk about is just you being in the mindset of this very young, naive girl, and you're you're thinking all of these things, and then when when everything comes crashing down, and when you realized what was happening... Where were you at? And let's let's talk a little bit about other people who might be in your other people who might be in your position. And what I mean by that is if they're going through stuff or maybe they've gone through a bunch of lies or maybe they've manipulated too many things and they're they just 
they want out of those chains. What what would you tell someone? Basically, how about this? What would you tell yourself three years ago to make your life better today? Um, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, you know, what I went through, uh, technically, I actually see happen a lot in society and in my surroundings and just in general. The kind of thing that I went through, there are baby versions of it, there are grandiose versions of it that people go through on a daily basis. And for me, it truly was fight or flight. I know that sounds weird, but for me, I I had to sit back and realize what actually matters to me and put my big girl pants on and deal with it, basically. Um, if I could tell myself one thing, I think it would be stop caring what everybody thinks about you and realize what truly matters. And I think that's really what I tried to do in that entire time. It took a little bit longer than I was thinking it would take for me to get out of that. I mean, I was thinking I'm going to blink my eyes in a week and it's all going to be over. <laughs> Ended up being like a year later. So it's great. <laughs> so let's talk about that year. The year <laughs> the year of transformation, the caterpillar to the butterfly. Oh, God. Um, what what are some of the things that that you would tell yourself what are some of the things that really helped you what are some of the things that that you leaned on that you found all of all of these these things so through that initial year tell me a little bit about what got you from point a to point b well i screwed up for sure um i think i mean we realized that the day that we all started talking about it and Luckily, I made the switch immediately because in my brain, I was like, oh, my God, I'm literally about to lose my life. Like, I'm still going to be breathing tomorrow. But everything that I've built for myself, everything that I, you know, I've blood, sweat and tears into have, you know, fought for every single thing that I have going in my life right now is gone and I need to fix it. And I mean, I've always been super stubborn. I've always been driven. I've always been, you know, very passionate about what I believe in, the, in and that's just what's going to happen, you know, regardless of what people in my life are going to tell me, my parents are going to tell me anything like that. I mean, I was an only child and they didn't know what to do with me. So <laughs> I just figured it out on my own. But when I started realizing what I had in my life, which was a group of people that I never, I'm never going to find somebody like the kinds of people that I have in my life today that are even going to compare to what I have. I should probably realize what that means. And that's when the fight or flight kicked in. And I was like, oh my God, whatever I have to do to fix this, let's just fix it. And like I said, I see a lot of people go through similar things like this and they don't have those reactions kick in. And it is so weird to me yeah. because they have to basically <clears throat> retransform their entire life because they screwed it up and they don't apologize. They don't want to fess up to anything. They don't want to just deal with their issues and become better from them. And I just think that's weird. Maybe I'm weird for thinking that that's weird. But if it is your life on the line, what is your decision? Yeah. And in going through that, I mean, obviously my biggest rock through that entire thing was you. I can't even believe that you, I, going back and listening to the kinds of things that you fought for for me in such a hard time when I did so wrong to you was, it still blows my mind that you had so much compassion for me. But just knowing that even, even people like Kayla had a big thing against me for a long time. Obviously, Zach and I were not on the greatest terms. Um, Mitch and I, Mitch, I think, was scared of me for a while. He was like, who is this crazy girl trying to ruin the company? Yeah. Um, but the one person that I hurt the most was 
the one person who believed in me the most that I was going to come out of it. And how many conversations we had about how this is my transformation year. This is the the rise of the Phoenix. And this is what's, you know, your start to becoming the great person that you're supposed to be in life. And if I hadn't had, you know, you in my life telling me that in my ear, I literally don't know what I would have done. I had no one who supported me. And all of them thought I was just going to wreck the next thing next. And they were like, what are we going to do with this girl? So, I mean, the fact that I had you believing in me is probably the biggest thing I can I can attribute to that. And then second to that, Kayla came around and started realizing that we're BFFs and that's just how it's going to go. So, I mean, having Kayla in my life as a strong role model, I mean, I can't imagine a better female figure to look up to. I, I it gets to the point where you're like, how are you so perfect? I I don't know how I'm supposed to live up to this. <laughs> um, and I just getting to have that in my life, getting to to speak with her on a daily basis about girl things, and just getting to talk to her about how you know how am I going to go through this? Even though you're still rebuilding your trust in me, I completely understand that. I just want you to know that I'm trying. Like there were multiple conversations with her. I I remember one specific conversation in the kitchen with her at the old house when I think there was something that came up of, it was probably something on along the lines of like, did the mailman come that day or something like that? And I think I had briefly remembered in my brain that he had came and I told her that he hadn't come. 30 seconds later, I said, just really quick, I know we're off topic, but the mailman did come and I'm just letting you know that I'm trying to stop whatever the hell is going on in my brain <laughs> and no nothing ever coming out of my li- out of my mouth will ever be a lie again because I'm letting you know that those small things matter to me. And her and I had a moment of, wow, she really is trying. And wow, wow. She, even if it comes down to whether the mail came in that day or not, she's trying to be truth- truthful no matter what, as, as strong as she can be so that she's not ever going to have someone be let on or be taken advantage of or anything like that because... Well, I have to do that. I can I can actually attest to to that with uh, with you because even on the very smallest things, and it's not necessarily that you're trying to lie about something. It, it on the really small things. A lot of times, it's you either forgot or then you'll remember later. But you are just so over the top adamant to make sure. Wait, no, no, no. He actually did come. And if it's like later in the day, like you'll call someone and be yeah. like, "Hey." I I just remembered this did actually happen or this didn't. And it's just so funny because the smallest little tiny things like that really matter to you now. And I'm, and I'm a big person to say, if if you're really bad at the small things, there's no way you're going to be good at the, the big things. Mm-hmm. And you've gotten great at both. And I mean, I can, again, I I am probably the most proud of you out of anybody in your entire life because... <laughs> I just I saw something so special in you and 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 it's little things like that and that actually means a, a lot because she started that kind of stuff really early on in in making sure that there was just nothing no untruth would come out of her mouth and if she remembered it after the fact like those little things really mattered to her and and now it's just it's like that's probably why she scares people so much because if they ask her, "Hey, what's going on?" or "Hey, did I mess up?" or "Hey, blah 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 blah," she like you're gonna get the truth. And sometimes if you messed up, she's gonna tell you. So just like yeah. <laughs> don't don't be salty. Just know that Ashley is not gonna lie to you. That's just not good. That's not in her. But even more so on on things like that is over the past specifically two years, um, I know that I could not have done anything. Um, close to the scale that we've done without you. 
uh, you've been so instrumental. You've been uh, you've been one of my rocks, a hundred percent. And there's there's so many times going through my life when when I really realize the only reason I have confidence and the only reason that I I'm able to achieve the seemingly impossible things, it it has nothing to do with just me. It's it's because I am a part of the greatest team in the world. The, and again, <laughs> I did not I did not tell her to say that, guys. <laughs> Thor Thor brought that up in the in the last one, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna say I'm a part of, and I'm just gonna point at them, and they're gonna know because we say that, we believe it, <laughs> we walk in that truth because we know that no matter what happens, we've got one another. We know that we're going to always be there, and we're always going to just stand in the gap for one another. And that's really important to us. But on the Ashley thing, she is one of, she, if I do nothing else in my entire life, knowing that I helped put her on a path that is changing so many other lives, I know that my life was worth it. And, and that's the truth. Watching you be there for the kids day in and day out the way that you are, watching you lead I mean, you're a real leader. And some of these guys have, have been in the studio with m- industry moguls. And Ashley will make sure that they're on time. Ashley will make sure that they're going to show up. They'll make sure they have their schedule. They'll make sh- I mean, she is air traffic control for <laughs> pretty much my entire life. If you ever want to get in touch with me, it always goes through Ashley. I mean, and I it, a lot of people say, hey, I've got a good gatekeeper. I've got a good this. I've got a good that. There's no way you can get to me um, because I have the best secretary. Well, the thing is, I don't have a secretary. I have an Ashley. She's <laughs> part owner in the company. She is one of our vice presidents. She is a uh, she's an office manager that ends all other office managers. <laughs> <laughs> and and realistically, she's my best friend. She's she's a teammate that that I know I can lean on, and she knows she can lean on me. And that's really our secret sauce is is in this team. We know that at at a very minimum, there's five people who will literally die for one another. Yeah, where did we get that? <laughs> it was it was forged in the hardest. Uh, tribulations that life could possibly give us yeah you know i just i well number one thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) i just we have an amazing team and i it's one of those things where you sometimes you don't have to say anything people just know that so and so needs help and you just go and that's just that's the team that's the team aspect that's how we all came to be and luckily we had a great leader so that's good um but i just I don't I don't know how it happens unless it happens organically and it is another one of those acts of God that we all came together the way that we did mm-hmm. and I just feel so lucky to be on this team. I mean, I know that you know yourself that every single day I question why I'm here and if I'm getting fired and if, <laughs> if I'm I'm screwing up my life again because I've gone through it a, a time or two before. <laughs> I have told this girl I was like I hope you know like literally you are such a epic rock star for me there is no way i would ever fire you You are a partner you are a teammate you're one of my best friends like you need to realize like that's just impossible inevitably a week later i'll be in a bad mood or i'll be trying to get something done and i'm a little gruff or whatever and she's like can i 
can, do I still get to work here? I'm like, Ashley, like, are yeah. We, are we good? <laughs> are, are we good? <laughs> yes, we're good. We're always good. So I um, just, I mean, if, just to that degree, I personally feel like everybody in their position at their job, not necessarily to the extent that I take it, but everybody in the position that they currently hold should feel like that they're getting fired the next day, every day of their job. Because if they don't live their job that way, they're never going to get better and they're never going to challenge themselves. They're never going to try and outdo the competition. They're never going to be better than the next guy because they think that they're safe. And so the reason I do that, I mean, I do it a little bit too excessively, but I always think that there's somebody better out there that can do what I do and I need to be better than them, even if they don't exist. And so I know- They don't exist. (laughs) Well, thank you. But to some extent, we run the whole company that way. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we have a, we have at least, we have meetings every day with our executive team and then we have meetings. I mean, we just had a meeting yesterday where we were getting together- to see how can we tweak this curriculum to be even better. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are like, God, you guys are always changing something. You're always this. <laughs> but we want to be better. It's not the fact that we're trying to change something for any other reason because we know we can be better. And when we're not as good as we think we can be, know we can be, and strive to be, it bugs us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, real talk, it bugs us. We want to be the best. And the only reason any of us are still in business is because we constantly innovate and because we can change at the drop of a hat. And so many other companies are just so stuck in the, in the, the day to day, like this is, this is the daily grind or this is what we're going to do. We need to make this much money or whatever. But the reason why we are the ones that nobody can figure it out with is because we are constantly changing. We know that that's just the name of the game. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have the, the, the company that we have, the people that we have, all of that. Because they all understand that this is just how it's going to go. And if you don't like it, you should probably leave. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> I love you so much. I love it too. Um, so let's, all right. In wrapping it up, if you had one takeaway, one takeaway in the homeless millionaire, and you, you had one kind of idea, concept, word, group of words, however you want to do it, but a, a way to focus, what is the takeaway of our homeless millionaire story because you're just as much of a homeless millionaire as i am we're homeless millionaires <laughs> <laughs> there's a hashtag in there, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um well i'm stealing this and i don't know if zach's already said this or if you've already said it but i want to say it was steve jobs and he's the one who said the only reason we have the company that we have or the the key to the most success in a company you can possibly have is pure perseverance um and i actually heard that from greg Um, But that's totally what it is. I mean, even if fire is taking down the town or, you know, hell is breaking loose or you don't know what's going to happen from this day to the next, you just have to make it through and keep going. And Mm -hmm. that's why we're all here is because, you know, we didn't know where, you know, the next night of sleep was going to come from. We didn't know what the next big idea was going to be. We didn't know who our next closing manager was going to be. We didn't know who was going to be the next head of the company or whatever. But we knew we were going to make it through and it was all going to keep going no matter what because we push and we don't let those kinds of things get us down because we see the bigger picture of things and we persevere. Mm -hmm. So it's 
I mean, if there's, a, I'm sure all of the big business books will tell you that, and they're all right because if you're going to go into something like starting your own company or building a brand or anything like that, you need to push it until people want to push it with you and for you and about you. And it's just perseverance. It's keeping going and just going on with what you got to do. You know, I can't, I can't end it any better than that. <laughs> I, you just, just. Find the people that you want to persevere with and you'll be successful. Ashley, thank you so much for coming in on this. And we got to get you in here more. I'm down. I think people need to know more <laughs> more about the mighty Schlee. I, you know? I don't know. As long as you guys are down to listen, because I still think she's kind of weird, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, but remember, remember, <laughs> different makes a difference. And good. we are different. And we thank will you. and do make a difference. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Schlee. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>